You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Metal and High Heels podcast. I'm your host, Kiki, and I am here today with Steffi, and we have a lovely guest, Heidi Parvienen. How are you doing, Heidi? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you. Hope you are doing well, too. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself shortly for the listeners who don't know you yet? Sure. So I'm Heidi Parviainen from Finland and from a band called Dark Sarah, and we play cinematic metal. Yeah, you're um, very established um, in the symphony metal, metal genre. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you were um, for six years the lead singer of Imbarian Dawn, and yeah. yeah, since um, 2012, yeah, you're doing your own um music project with our band with dark sarah yeah and um yeah so maybe first question and just back to the roots <laughs> when uh, did you start singing and why did you choose the classical style um i was really young actually when i started taking classical singing lessons i was 14 but of course i had been going to a, a this kind of musical based Of school, primary school, where we had more music than on normal classes. And I was really into music already and I sang in choirs. But, but the thing when I realized that I needed to have some singing lessons is, was because I felt a discomfort in, when I was singing. And that's why I started taking lessons. And I got really into the classical style already, already that young. And I continued singing in choirs, but in high school, I I was asked to join my first metal band, and it was in 1997 already. Wow. <laughs> yes, and it was it was death metal band, and I had no idea what metal music was. <laughs> of course, I had been listening, hearing it from radio and and so on, but but I didn't have my personal kind of uh, connection to metal world at all at that point. So, so it was like straight to the deep end <laughs> in my point of view. So, so I started uh, searching a little bit more what, what um, metal music is. And I learned that there are a lot of different kind of uh, genres in metal music. Um, so I started finding bands like of course nightwish was already uh, existing then and they had just i think they they released their first album uh, was it already in 1997 i'm not sure but anyway um, classical singers started to uh, come into metal music already then and I, i i was thinking that maybe i could someday sing in a metal band but in my band at that moment It, it wasn't possible so so I started to f seek a metal band uh, it was 2006 and then Amberian Dawn contacted me and and the rest we know actually <laughs> what happened after that yes exactly indeed we had an interview with you back in 2014 when you were just starting out with Dark Sarah and you were telling us about uh, The project and about the concept of the story and of kind of becoming Dark Sarah yeah. yourself. And you did that for three albums, um, Behind the Black Veil, The Puzzle and The Golden Moth, mm -hmm. which in my opinion was uh, my favorite of the three. The yeah. Golden Moth yeah. is an amazing album. Oh, thanks. Um, it's actually gave me a lot of disney feel feels yeah, yeah it was it was meant meant to be like that <laughs> that was really lovely so yeah. uh you are a disney metal princess <laughs> yes i could say that yeah and so now you are um dropping sarah for a moment maybe because the your latest album grim that just came out on july 17th and is the fourth stu studio album um there you introduce the new character a new character called luna mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us her story maybe yeah actually 
we are not dropping that much uh, dark Sarah, but of course a different p- a part of her is now living because dark Sarah died in the end of the golden moth. So so now we are seeing her kind of the this kind of a new how do you say what is it in English? <laughs> Uh, incarnation yes Mm -hmm. so incarnation so so luna is one part of dark sarah and and in the in the grim album she also finds out about her past what has happened to her in her previous life and that that has a a certain meaning in in her uh, story too so so just a little bit uh like a glimpse to this story this new album and of course it's a beginning of a new new continuing story too that was actually going to be a a question as well is this uh, the start of a new trilogy or maybe another kind of series yes uh, i haven't decided actually how many albums it's going to be because i i always want to kind of write what if it feels like it's the this this part of the story comes uh, to an end uh, with two albums, then it will be that. So, mm-hmm. but but if it needs more, of course there there can be more. It doesn't need to be a trilogy. Okay, um, something that uh, is not clear to me yet is: Are your bandmates the same than in the previous albums yes almost because jp leppaluoto who was singing the role of the dragon in in the the last album of uh, the first trilogy mm-hmm. uh, so he's not part of our uh, band anymore but he's of course he's uh, our friend and and we have invited her, him to sing on on the grim album too but not not anymore as a as a band member but as our friend and a guest but the other boys the same as as when i started dark sarah all right um, almost actually there, there was a, there was a slight change because it was it was many years ago already i forgot it because uh, we have uh, uh, thomas tunkare is playing uh, uh, the drums but he has been uh, from the puzzle album already in our band so so in that way it's almost like he has been there forever <laughs> yeah and how did you find your bandmates are they just um, yeah already before were friends or um sami sami who is the guitar player he's my husband (laughs) and and uh, erka uh, we kind of started to uh, find suitable um, players um, musicians for 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 dark sarah when when i think it was uh, already on the first album and and i needed to have a like former band so so proper band so so i was trying to find a guitarist and erka korhonen was then then there and and i asked him to join and he has been the same in, in the band from the very start and also erka's a uh, really good friend uh, ruder rudsen who is playing the bass he's he is he has been there also also forever <laughs> in dark sarah <laughs> and actually it was really fun story with when he he joined the band because i needed to uh, have a replacement for yuka who was playing bass in, in the beginning and he uh, couldn't co- play in the in the band anymore and we needed to have a bass player when we were going to the um, metal festival in belgium this female fronted metal fest and and we didn't have a bass player so so the first thing and i when i called him i asked him his his social security number (laughs) so so i could i could book the flights (laughs) so so and from that moment on he has been in the band so yeah it was fun fun story he always reminds me about that (laughs) yes did i did i forget someone i think not I think not. Yeah. That is so cool that you can also, uh, that you are staying strong and together throughout uh, the years and the new concepts and new stories that you are telling. 
Yeah, it's it's really lovely to have uh, the same group, and of course, we have become really close friends too during these years, and we spend a lot of time together outside the music too. We go to sauna and and go eat dinner out and so on. Yeah, that is so nice. Tell us a little bit about the songwriting and recording of this album. Was it ready? It, it was probably done before the whole pandemic um, started to have its effect on the world, right? Yeah, it was. And, and luckily, <laughs> luckily so. Uh, we ended a recording and, and mastering session was actually on the New Year's. Uh, so last year, uh, last year already yes so it, it it was really early ready and no it was it was in the end of the latter year <laughs> years go by so fast and when you are waiting for an album to yes. to be released it's like an it it seems like a decade so so that's why i always skip some months <laughs> but anyway it was it was way early recorded and and in that way um The pandemic didn't affect our songwriting nor nor the recording sessions, but mm -hmm. but when we started like a pro the a marketing and everything like that, the pandemic was on already. So also it it affected on our um, music video sessions and everything like that. Oh, so wow. so in that way it was it was really uh, it it couldn't have happened. It was really something that couldn't have happened because of the pandemic. So just a week before the scheduled shooting sh session, uh, the borders in Finland, because we couldn't move anywhere from the southern Finland. So, mm -hmm. so it, just a week before they were opened again. So, so it was it was just like a, a not to happen. Yeah. Oh, but. You had okay. You had finished uh, the the complete album before that, and there were some bands that uh, were had kind of the same um, or were at the same stage of uh, of the process of putting out an album, and some decided to postpone the release, uh, and some uh, like you decided to just go with it and uh, release it in the middle of the global pandemic. Um, how did all of this affect the, your plans or change your plans other than um, the shooting of the videos? We didn't actually even talk about changing the, the schedule anymore. So we had uh, booked already the, the summer time for 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 releasing this album and because mm -hmm. we had already been waiting like more than six months for the release we didn't want to postpone it anymore because we have never had tours like big tours or anything like that so so okay. it, in in our case it wasn't that devastating uh, as it could be for a band who is kind of all the time on tour and and doing you know that that every time you know between albums more than releasing music videos <laughs> like we are okay. releasing music videos more than we have shows so but that's mm -hmm. that's kind of the case so so that's why we wanted to to release it and not to wait but also because i think that we needed something in the summertime we needed to have something to wait for to get over yeah. over the depressing time at home and 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 staying at home and and fear of the 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 virus and everything like that we needed to have some kind of uh you know that makes our us happy <laughs> and yeah, that something way, to look I think, forward yes to. yes i think that that's that's just what our album This grim album, <laughs> yes, brought us a little bit something to look forward to. And are you happy with uh, the feedback that you've been receiving and how things turned out after the release? Yes, we have been really happy, and 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 it was it was really good all the time. The feedback and and, and even though we changed it a little bit, our sound in the produce production ways. And I think that it was well received. So I think that 
uh, we're going to go forward from that. So, and with that. <laughs> so it's an evolution of your sound. Tell us, can you tell us a little bit more about these uh, changes, everything that, um, how you have evolved uh, as an artist with this record? Uh, I have evolved as an artist and a singer and a, and a songwriter and and as a person for, through these years. And every album is kind of the like a picture of the time and and myself. And I every time I he, listen to the uh, former um, previous albums, I I kind of get into the mood that I was in when I was making that album. So in that way, I think that it's it's really a personal approach story for me as a person and an artist too. So so yes, I I have there's so much that I can't even name anything, but but of course sound ways we wanted to kind of um Give, give more space to the um, this kind of uh, synth sounds on this album than than on the orchestral sounds uh, like a symphonic metal and and have a little bit more modern approach to to the symphonic metal genre It's still sounding big and really like pompous but mm -hmm. but, but but not so much like um like we have used to be hearing a met this kind of symphonic metal sound. So in that way, I think that we managed quite well to kind of still bring the dark Sarah into this new kind of uh, new sound and this new production. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, it's still you. It's, it's indeed different. It does sound different, but it's, it's still you. Yeah, it's really, really nice. And it's also really refreshing. You know, uh, I wanted to, now that we, uh, we were starting a new uh, continuing story with new protagonists and new story and new surroundings and everything new. So I felt that it was a good time also to bring bring out our fresh new sound too because my songwriting had developed into this kind of direction and and i felt that it would be a good time to showcase it a little and um how's the songwriting process for you and yeah the inspiration for the storyline because um yeah there are concept albums you tell a very huge story especially for daxara yeah yeah it's uh, i Nowadays, I write almost everything uh, on my own, but or or in uh, in we co I co-write with our produ producer Mikko P. Mustonen, who has been uh, our producer from the start, and we have also start we have um, written uh, songs together in the in in the past too. But on for this album and the the Golden Moss album, there was a lot of. Uh, On the Goldemoth album, there was a lot of my own uh, uh, compositions, but on this album, they are mostly mine. But of course, there are some kind of C parts or something that we have uh, worked together with. But of course, Miko has really, we have been talking a lot about the sound and everything like that, what kind of direction I want the music to go forward to. And so in that way, we work really closely together on, on when we are making an album. So it's I kind of feel that he's he's a one one part of Dark Sarah too. So in that way, because he has he has been making Dark Sarah from the start, and he re knows really well what we are all about. And uh, and about the lyric writing or the uh, story writing, I don't know what what draws me into writing uh, complete stories. I think that I was already into it when I was in Amberi and Dawn, but back then, because uh, because Thomas was the leader of, of the band and he had different kind of idea for the for the albums so in that way mm -hmm. i i wrote mini stories so they are kind of like every song is a st story itself and when i started dark sarah i kind of wanted to try out what it would be if the if the album would tell a complete story and i think that dark sarah fans have found it really 
something that they look forward to and and i'm really happy about it because it's not because people mostly hear one song there and one song there so it's it doesn't still create a you know and a complete um idea of the concept album yet so but i think that our fans have found it really nice and something special that is dark sarah <laughs> yes yes mm. you mentioned something before about uh dark sarah being reincarnated in luna yeah is that something you personally believe in reincarnation uh I, I'm not a believer. <laughs> I don't believe in in anything. So so, but I I I I'm, I like to imagine a lot of stories and different kind of things and what tickle my imagination, like the witchy stuff and and you know pagan myths and 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 different kind of cultures and. Mm-hmm. and so on so i i draw a lot of uh, ideas from from different things so in that way it's not what i what i believe in but it's something that that i i felt that would be a good kind of a connection from the golden moth to the grim album because our band name is still dark sarah so i wanted yes. it, it not to be a completely different uh, character but have some kind of connection to the past albums too mm-hmm. so is, uh, would you like to describe Daxara as your alter ego because yeah I think so um, some there there has been times that I have said said not said that I it's not my alter ego but uh, now that I look back I think that is she is because, <laughs> <laughs> because every time I've been writing an album it it always always it's like a mirror to my you know self unconscious so uh, all the things that have happened to me back then and in that life and in my pre you know past and everything like that it's uh, i think every every writer writes something about him or her and 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 the experiences from life even though i've not been left on altar but i've been certainly left (laughs) but not on altar so so i think that we can all connect to dark sarah and even though she's a fictive uh, character but of course there is something me too in her and also in luna yeah um you were just talking about uh, mythology etc is there some um specific finnish mythology that uh, you like best uh, of course kalevala it's our national epic uh, i think that many people know kalevala already because it was when i started in metal band in Amberian dawn or even before i think that kalevala was the thing that metal bands were kind of uh, you know pouring their inspiration from and and lots of bands were writing lyrics based on kalevala and and uh, that that's what i did too on the first ambarian on album okay yeah so so it was river of tuoni actually was was our one of our songs and and it's it's based on a uh, river of death and in that's that same river of death is is, is in many mythologies too so so it's it's really nice actually to have this kind of connection between different cultures even though mm-hmm. they're named differently, like Stukes or whatever, what other they are, I don't remember now, <laughs> but, but a lot of different rivers. Yeah. All right. That sounds really interesting. And that is actually, now that you mentioned that song, is one of my favorites. Yeah, it was our first single from the first album. And in that way, it, it started the whole thing, actually. Yeah. For me as a singer. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Such a milestone. Yeah, yes, it has been quite many years ago actually and and it feels like a decade. It's almost actually like a decade. <laughs> yeah. Did you have um did you write more songs than the than the ones that are on the album or was it from the beginning planned like what came out? Um uh, my style is that I I pour uh 
a lot of music out of my system and I don't mm-hmm. judge them at all when I'm writing music. And that's that's what keeps me really productive, actually. So I don't, you know, evaluate my, my work <laughs> at all mm-hmm. at that point when I'm creating. So in that way, I uh, write a lot of songs for for Grimm album. I think there was more than 30 so yes of course some are they are not they are demos so they are not like you could put them on on the album straight away of course they are like ideas and and like uh, sketching on paper in that way even though but they have a lot of uh they have the complete idea of the song and and so on and and when i have made enough songs we start uh Talking with the band, I play them to to my band, and of course they give their opinions about them, and 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 we kind of have this kind of uh, you know voting, <laughs> you, you know I play records and everybody gives their voting for that song, and and I and then I start talking of course with the with the product producer and and. In the in the way when I send him the demos every time I make one, uh, he gives me some kind of feedback or the feeling about that and and so on. So in that way, it's it's really um, um, creative process actually. But I don't write the uh, lyrics or anything at that point. Of course, I have some kind of story in my mind where what what what's the mood of the album and what kind of. Um, you know scenes there could be uh, that we want to point out with songs and 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 so on but of course i don't decide anything before i have the songs and we start pre-producing the the album and and so so from that moment on i start making some kind of lyrics and singing something and and oh wow and, and okay. trying them out of course, I sing on the demos too, but not. But, but it's like baby English, <laughs> so not, <laughs> yes, not 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 meaningful words. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 a long process. But last time I think for I wrote two years for Cream album, even though it's it's it feels like we just released an album. But I always start writing straight away when I get one album out of my system. As as okay. at the moment, actually, I'm writing a new album. <laughs> nice. Yes, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> have you started the next one already? Okay. Yes, I have, and I was just writing music when when I was waiting for this interview. So, yeah. oh, lovely. That reminds me, uh, unrelated question before we go back to the album: um, What instruments do you play besides singing? I play piano and I started as a keyboard player in in metal band. I didn't sing at the mo- at, at the point only All backing right. vocals and I started uh, as a as a like a singer of the band in in only in Hungarian dawn. So I mm-hmm. sang backing vocals. So so I play piano and I've been studying that before I started uh, studying singing. But of course I play a lot when I'm teaching singing and everything and I, I I write everything with keyboards for, for okay. dogs and so. But of course, I play a little bit uh, recordion. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> the flute. <laughs> I always re- <laughs> forget the name. Yes, but it's it's a, some kind of sort of flute <laughs> that I play, yeah. play a little. And I played it actually on on uh, the puzzle album in one part. <laughs> yes. Oh, nice! I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, but it's 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 not like playing. I couldn't play a concert with a flute. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If I look at your cover albums, it seems to have a similar art style. Do you have um, an artist you work with, or how? Um, yeah. How do you create the cover? Yes, we have been working with uh, Jan Urlund from Dark Road Designs for from the start, and he has been making all our uh, designs uh, for for starting from the album covers and T-shirts and everything like that. 
So maybe he's he has been creating Darkstar art for for so long. So that's why it's good to have a certain artist who who has this kind of uh, his own style. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely good for yeah. How is it called? Um, like corporate style. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's that's what I wanted to have, especially when we were making a trilogy, so that they it it would be like uh, you know from the same book kind of. Yeah. So so in that way, it's really important in our case that our also our visuals are are similar mm-hmm. to in it not too similar, but still feels like they could be from the same book. Oh, and you also. Um changed the um writing art of of Dark Sarah. Yes. The, yeah, logo. Yeah. Yeah, logo yeah. that's the word. <laughs> yes, yes, I know that I mean, Yeah. But <laughs> yes, we changed and that's that's what we were kind of wanting to do already before, but since we were making a trilogy, it wouldn't have fit in the uh, you know changing it in the middle of a trilogy so we wanted to wait for this so in that way we are really excited for for this new era of dark era because we can make a lot of changes <laughs> and not to stay so true to you know past in that way so we can be more creative and and do changes and more modern look and everything like that mm. uh, yes of course and i myself too so i can uh, feel i can i i've always felt that every album is uh, in that way they kind of require a certain change uh in my personal look too so i was waiting for grim to you know kind of embrace my blonde hair again <laughs> yeah nice. yeah oh that's amazing yeah that's you com- completely embodying this new phase of your music that's yeah, great yes yes i i always feel that it's it's a good moment to have a personal changes too Inner, in and outside, yeah. So the blonde hair fits also to the name Luna, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I think so too. True. Yeah. So what was before, the blonde hair or the name of Luna? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it was actually, I have, I've, I've been coloring my hair for many years and for, for, for black or dark brown. And, and it started to feel like, you know, uh, exhausting actually so i'm a natural blonde so it felt easier to kind of be in my own color and i think that luna it it works for her really well um the album came out as a crowdfunding campaign you run another crowdfunding campaign right yeah yeah so you released it via napalm records how did this decision come about what was your strategy behind it well we we had already started recording and everything like that and we needed to have funding for the album because our album is a re are, are always quite big production albums and they require a lot of funds and in that way we have been do, making our albums always with the support of our fans who buy our albums like a little bit before so with the money that we get from selling merchandise and everything like that and with the profit we we use it for making music so so in that way it's it's it has been the 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 only way that we have been uh that has been possible to make such such big production albums and that's what Mm -hmm. i've I I couldn't do it differently, you know, we mm-hmm. because we have made certain sound and and if we would do it differently, I think that people would notice. So in that way, <laughs> we can't, you know, degrade from from that that idea. Quality, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we yeah, yeah. yes, good quality albums with big production and and everything like so. It's really well made everything so that's that's what i wanted to do with dark sarah 
and yes. and because it has always been like that they they cost a lot of money of course with the music videos and everything like that mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot of money and and in that way at this point of, of our career still it's not possible that we could get it from from album sales <laughs> so we need to get it from somewhere else and we have decided to to sell merchandise and everything like really uh, exclusive uh, merchandise and and different kind of gifts and and so on so people have been really generous uh, and 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 we have a really loyal fan base so it has been possible and when we were start releasing the album and started for, to find a um, who would release it? Uh, Napalm Records was in, interested, and and then we agreed that it would be a good thing that we could cover the cost of making the album with the mm-hmm. crowdfunding. As because when you are a new band and you are a beginner in that way, so that the the money that comes in from from re, you know uh, selling music is not that big yet, so they can't pay out for for the whole budget that you have so it's it's i think that it's it's still going to be dark sarah's path still for for some time i think that we need our fans help in that way yeah the support of the fans that is i mean that has slowly that way to do things so to speak has slowly established Hmm. itself as a method in the music industry so um uh, it's actually pretty cool, both for the artists to be able to put out such big productions in that in that quality, as you were saying, and yeah. also for the for the fans to to have the sense of being involved in the process, yeah, and just to keep to keep the artists going. Um, I remember you having um, pretty cool perks for the albums, especially. For this one, there was some kind of jewelry, or am I remembering, remembering yes, wrong? Yes, yes, jewelry. I started making jewelry. Uh, I've always made uh, like some kind of jewelry, but I felt that I, I needed to, you know, go a little bit further <laughs> with this mm-hmm. hobby of mine, and I started uh, like making uh, jewelry from scratch. So I buy a silver plate or band or something like that, and and. Ju- jewels so so i i built them from scratch so i have a little jewelry studio at home where i make them at the moment i've been busy working so i haven't had time to to do so much jewelry but i i have a lot of stones waiting for a little bit more spare time <laughs> so yes but that's also one thing that i wanted to kind of i spent always spent a lot of time figuring out uh, the perks and I, I I feel like giving gifts to our fans. So I I they have to be good quality uh, merchandise and 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 with a thought and heart in them always. Yes. So that's that's what I feel that I owe to our fans who want to help us making music. Do you have uh do you sell that jewelry elsewhere or are any of the perks that were included in the crowdfunding campaign available elsewhere? Uh not now? not all the perks because some of the perks are exclusive for Indiegogo sure. but of course uh, I sell jewelry at our um Dark Sarah web store and soon we're going to ac- actually expand a little bit our business. <laughs> nice. Yes, so because I have had this kind of dream of uh, building up uh, this kind of um, myth- mystical lifestyle store mm-hmm. and and I have collected been collecting uh, different producers uh, for different local producers for nice uh, nice uh, clothing and 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 of course the honey that we have now it's is one of these new uh things that we have we have our own own beehive in finland uh it's it's this kind of um, how do you say but it's it's korpikuusikon hunaya honey that we have in finland so there we have this kind of uh, dark sarah beehive and where our honey oh, okay. honey is collected oh, yeah. from so 
So that's that's what we also do. So uh, small things and and uh, not not much products, but we are going to have uh, start this quite soon. Yeah. That sounds great. We were just talking about that in the summer, about um, bands that have thought their merchandising products a little bit more and that are going beyond the typical products that are, you know, metal shirts and Mm. um, metal shirts. Mm. So... Exactly, and that I was just just actually yesterday talking to my husband, and I was saying that that I I I really need something to give give me you know more motivation to run run the uh, web store, and that because it feels that even though we have good quality band merchandise, it's still not so many people come there all the time, you know, buying the same T-shirts, so they. They maybe buy one T-shirt per wall album and and maybe something else if if you have, but that's all. So it's at one one point it, it the you know sales end, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you need to have something else. And I want to have a little bit different kind of uh, idea with this kind of selling stuff for to people. So it's not a little bit more ecological and with an idea and and you know something that you want to give yourself a little bit pampering or something like that so that's that's what i've been wanting to create with the new upcoming uh store idea that sounds really cool it sounds like you're really building your brand actually yeah it does and Uh, of course it centers around the music but it's uh this complete um the whole package, so to speak. <laughs> yes, uh, I think that it's it's mainly because I ha- I have been I have become a, a businesswoman, even though I didn't want that. <laughs> it's not you know built in me in in that way, but because mm-hmm. I I kind of feel that I I have ideas how how to kind of um, you know widen the the scene of dark sarah even though it's not all that all about dark sarah anymore but still you it's it can be like a lifestyle like a what you when you are listening to our music and what kind of people listen to our music and i felt that i i think that we have we could might maybe share a little bit more even than just just the music so yes. in that way i i felt that maybe maybe i could what I love, I want to sell the things that I like and what I love and how mm-hmm. I, you know, if there, if it's something that you can uh, decorate your home with, so I could share that with our fans or even people mm-hmm. who just uh, kind of share the same perspective of life. Yeah. Like the same aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Hats off to you because that's exactly what um, a lot of musicians uh, need nowadays. I mean, of course, musicians are artists, and um, that is uh, that has a value of its own. But in order to, um, you know, make a living from that art, um, there needs to be this this business perspective behind it and uh, marketing strategy. That's what I always say it as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true, and even though, like I said, I I I really, if I could, I would leave the whole business part and and paying bills and everything like that to someone sure. else. I would, but I I really love, uh, you know, creating ideas and and making. Mm-hmm. you know different kind of now we have these glass orbs and 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 kind of digging out the people who would start uh, working with us and now we have a lot of small artists making making the honey and also these glass balls <laughs> these mm-hmm. witch balls f- for for dark sarah and and it's it's really lovely to kind of support the local businesses and and also also artists like like ourselves so i think that if we are we have definitely uh supported artists with with yes. dark sarah too yeah and we were just talking about the whole crowdfunding campaign and everything. Um, have you thought about opening up your own Patreon page? 
Yes, actually, I, I I have been thinking about it, but because I'm really busy in my life, and even though I have a, a lot of different uh, social media sites, I I feel at the moment actually I feel that I don't have time to bring up that much content to to every page, so it it feels uh, like a second job actually. So I in that way I I think that. At the moment, it it would be too much. I couldn't, okay. you know, bring up such content. I'm making music and jewelry and 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 Darkstar web store and working full time and teaching singing. <laughs> so it's really, really a, a lot of things at the moment because of oh, those are yeah, yeah. those are two different things. What uh, you have a you have a day job. Uh, yes, yes. At and the moment, then you're also. <laughs> And you also teach singing. Can may I ask what it is? What do you do? Uh, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. Actually, I have five different degrees. I've been studying a lot in my life. So I'm a I'm a classical singer and also a pedagogue, uh, a music te- singing teacher from my uh, um, education, but also mm-hmm. a primary school teacher. Oh, okay. Yes, and I haven't been working in school for many years. But now that the situation in the world and with the virus and everything, there's not not so much other things to do. And of mm-hmm. course, teaching singing at this moment time is also a risky business in that way yeah. because it I I could I would need to cancel everything. You know, if it, at the moment in Finland I can still teach singing, but I have to be really really uh, careful still. With the mm-hmm. with the with the students and everything, I couldn't have like any choirs or anything like that going. So in that way, it it was it was the time for me to go back to school, teach children, and that's that's what what I've been doing, yeah, lately. And of course, I still need to have the the singing students that I have. I want to still have them. <laughs> in my life and and wait for it better times so in that way yes i need to do everything at the moment so it's it's quite busy <laughs> yeah and that also uh, as you were just saying that also puts you uh, at risk as well um have you taken any measures personally to stay healthy and protect yourself from the virus Yes, in the spring, uh, we didn't move from home uh, much. We we stayed mm-hmm. at home a lot, and and I didn't teach uh, singing in, in person at all when it was the 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 first wave of the virus in Finland, because then then everything went total lockdown. Nothing was working, and also I wasn't teaching except in online, but but it's not not that fun, of course. But but it's still that some 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 students still came on my online online courses but but of course i stayed a lot of home and did mm-hmm. some sports and and it, it was springtime and and i had lots of gardening to do so in that way it was it was i put all the energy into that but now now at the moment i of course i have the mask everywhere <laughs> and and so but you can't sing with the mask that well i that it's 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 really hard to breathe and and sing with it but of course if needed that's something what we do also okay um another question came to my mind yeah and <laughs> that's about the music videos yeah and if i look up at your um youtube yeah page and all these um underneath Mm. I see that uh, in the last album you did more videos with the Who band, that typical performing videos, and before it was more like the storyline to tell mm. the storyline, like yeah, little musical. Yeah, yes, that's uh, that's uh, something different too. We have always wanted to do a little bit different uh, music videos that we have done before, and we thought that it would be fun to have uh, the band there too, because I think that this is more band-driven album than any one of our albums before. So in that way, it was also a good moment to bring the band on stage to 
that because that's what we do when we perform. <laughs> so so in that way, it was also a good thing to kind of get, uh, give um, an idea of us being an, a performing band too, because we haven't been performing that much. Uh, even though we have wanted to, but our our audience is in Central Europe, and and it has been not so easy to get there from Finland. So so we are hoping that when this uh, virus hopefully is over, we can go to Central Europe once again, and maybe on a tour even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's oh, yeah, that yeah great. that that's what we are hoping for. Yeah uh, yeah. And uh, the music videos, uh, do you have any favorite of them? Like, um, what was your favorite music video of uh, doing, of acting? Uh, do you mean uh, the all the all the music music videos, or just yes. for Grimm? All. Oh, if oh. I see at a little man, it's very colorful with uh, lots of that. What is it? This uh, colors in black yeah. light. Yeah, yeah, black light. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ne- ne- neon lights and black light. Yes. I- That that was really fun because it was the little man was it was a whole uh, studio was built into a to look like a cave and and I can't believe that they did so much work for that it was made with students so so in that way we didn't need to have like ten thousand euro budget for that kind of video because they always the 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 props were made really really well and and with big big production and we were lucky to to be able to work with the students from from Boyonma Opisto which was uh, this kind of audiovisual student line <laughs> what is it called but anyway but it it was we did the the videos most of our videos with them for the so, so two albums actually yes but of course it was every 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 music video has been uh, uh, shot in finland except one and we traveled to spain to tenerife with uh, jp and and we shot the music video at the dunes yeah, and it was really hot <laughs> and really different from the shooting videos in Finland because uh, before that that video it was oh it had always been really cold <laughs> like like for save me save me music video it was it was in the in the end of uh, October and it was almost snowing and I was outside in my dress for uh, for two <laughs> two two days actually so it was it was I was freezing so oh, yeah, yeah. so right in that yes in, wow. that, in that way from from other end to the other end so it was really hot and and my uh, yes but it was fun it was fun but really really rough week because we shot the uh, one music mm. video for one week every day from 8 to 8 to 6 and wow. it, yes because we only had one camera and and we needed to make a lot of different angles for oh, for okay. for the video and that's that way we needed to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and it's it's really tiring actually sometimes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sounds exhausting. Yes, because we were fighting too with the sticks in in the sand, so it was mm-hmm. really exhausting. Like six hours of fighting in sand Whoa, <laughs> for many <good> days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it was. But it turned out pretty great in the end. So yes, I think it's <laughs> visually it was straight from my uh, imagination. Like the the moment oh, when wow. where JP walks down from the dune it it ha- mm-hmm. it was the idea that i had in my mind for for why why we why we traveled to the dunes and uh, i was actually looking for this kind of dunes like googling where where can i find mm-hmm. them except in dubai <laughs> yeah. yes so i i didn't know that there was dunes in in europe too so actually there's uh, in in Estonia, somewhere there, and in Finland too, but they are really different from each other. They because the light in Finland is really different when we compare it to the Spain Spanish mm-hmm. light, and and then there is France in France too. But it was so difficult uh, path to get to those dunes. So 
And then there's this Mas Palomas, <laughs> which is a really like a tourist place. So we thought that it would be best best thing to go there and also less expensive too. Yeah. And how did you manage it that it's empty when you're filming? Yes, it's. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but it's uh, this kind of a uh, nudist <laughs> nudist place. <laughs> so where people go go to spend their time uh, or in their <laughs> wearing nothing. So mm -hmm. so we of course there were people sometimes working uh, or not working. Sorry, <laughs> Wal <laughs> walking walking uh, to you know when and we needed to wait of course that for for the naked people to walk away <laughs> <laughs> could be interesting background <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes what is it of course they some people started to watch the show you know and and we needed yeah. to kind of please leave <laughs> you cannot stay here because of course it, it was looking weird what we were doing too Hmm. Yeah. And uh, who did create the um, what's the word? Choreo, choreography. Choreography. Yes. Yeah. For watch at the fight, and also like uh, you also did a dancing scene in another video. Yes, uh, uh, we have professionals doing the dance with the dragon uh, choreography for the tango and and mm -hmm. we actually entered uh, at this kind of a competition uh for in a show meaning so we we practiced a little bit more after shooting dance with the dragon it was so such fun and and after that for for this um trespasser video that i was talking about we we took lessons uh with a modern dance and we had this kind of co dance choreographer for for the one scene and then we went to these um uh, these fighting classes too in finland for the whole summer before we shot that in in the in the autumn i, I think it was september and we went for this um fighting classes in Tampere, Finland for, for quite many months, like one time a week we did this and he made the choreography too. So Ooh. we practiced that in Finland, of course, because he couldn't come with us there. So we needed to learn the choreography before we left. So in that way, of course, a big memories because we prepared ourselves really well for the, for those for those videos it was a lot of work but but definitely worth it it is lots of nice memories yeah well okay sounds impressive how much work behind <laughs> yeah. this video is yes, yes. Oh. A, lo a lot of work in in yeah. our case every time yeah seems to be Okay. And and for our new album actually too because for for this uh, all ears video even though it's it's not that big part in the video but we made these um giants with these hoods and with the arms and everything with my husband at home so they are like uh, like almost like as how many meters i think three meters tall and, wow. and then there is this um Uh, one man standing on a what is it called La ladders mm -hmm. yes standing on ladders and and be uh, under the under the uh, the the costume yes so and then it looks like a big man or hooded man with the big arms and everything but they are not showcased in the in the all ears music video that much but they are still in the background and of course that in that way There's lots of work for every every single music video because we do almost all the this kind of props ourselves, like 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 dresses and everything like that. Like or we don't make them by hand, but we order them and everything like that. So lots of um, um, thinking. Yes, mm -hmm. lots of things to every time to go with an album and on the visuals and everything like that. Wow. Okay. So. Oh, that sounds really cool. Um, I'm out of question, Kiki. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking before. Uh, before we come to an end, um, 
A lot of bands have been also doing lots of uh, live streams. Is that something you might look into? Yes, and actually we did one because our we couldn't uh, go on tour and anything like that uh, because of the situation at the moment. Uh, but we had a live stream straight from our album release show in August in Helsinki. And we also had some people that could come at that moment. It was, it was, the lockdown was over and people could go to, to concerts again. So, so we had uh, a small audience there, live audience there too. And, and it was live streamed uh, abroad uh, all over the world. And, And that's something that we would, it was our first time to try that out. And of course, there's always some kind of technical things to go with anything like this. But, but of course, that would be something that we might do in the future too, if, if, if we cannot go abroad or mm -hmm. touring or anything like that. And at the moment, we are, there are not so many shows and, and people who have been postponing their shows Uh, they they are now starting to, you know, reschedule. So in that way, it's really crowded when when finally people can go can go to concerts. So yes. it it looks a bit grim actually in our case. Actually, yeah, yeah. So 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 let's see let's see when when we can start uh, having shows again and there's room for us someplace and then. But now I, because of the situation, I have started to write new album. I don't, I have no idea when it could be like released or anything like that. And, mm -hmm. and, and actually I'm not so worried about that yet. So, so it always takes a lot of time to make an album. And, and I think that I've, I have like 12 songs, like the sketches at this mm -hmm. moment. So, so I'm, I'm really productive so i think that we could start a pre-production in early next year actually so so let's see when when we could could have something some news with new album coming yeah that's incredible i mean next year is already around the corner yeah and yeah uh, that was also tying into um the end of the of the episode because yeah. we will be um doing our next episode exactly about that um alternatives to live shows mm. because we've been seeing um many bands start to uh, stream live on the different platforms uh we've talked about on the podcast before uh, about trivium and their Uh, streaming activities they did this huge global global event um, where they live streamed a live performance uh, in an arena yeah. in the US I mean they're of course a pretty huge band yeah. so they could do such a big production uh, but they're also now uh, doing uh, streaming their uh, performances live on Twitch for example mm. So um, there are people being being creative as well and, and thinking of alternatives. Um, in your uh, <laughs> in your country, yeah, uh, Tuska uh, the festival mm -hmm. uh, is doing Tuska Utopia. That's a series of three uh, live streams that are not live performances, mm -hmm. but uh, there are three pre-recorded performances by. Uh, Turmion Ketilot, if I am butchering that name not too yeah, badly. Yeah, really well, actually. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Battle Beast and Apocalyptica. Yeah. Those three shows will be live streamed uh, this coming, uh, this Friday, November, what is it? 13th? Yeah. Um, on November 20th and on November 27th. And... Uh, we will also be talking to uh, the CEO of Tuska about those and about any other. Um, we will be discussing other uh, alternatives to live events that are kind of a necessity right now because, yeah, we don't know. This virus is pretty new. We've been living with it for almost a year, feels like, mm -hmm. or more, yeah. maybe. 
but we don't know when bands are going to be able to perform again as we were used to or when and how that would actually work the next time we go to a concert or a festival. So it's actually not bad that we are looking into or, or that everybody in general is looking into this um, these new alternatives to bring the music to the people, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and that will be our next episode. So, uh, Heidi, do you have uh, anything else you want to say to our listeners, to your fans? Yes, thank you for supporting Doxara. Thank you for listening and watching our music videos. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We promise that we will start being more active there personally as a band. And of course, follow us on Instagram because I think that that's the, that's the most active place for us at the moment. So I hope you are safe and well and stay safe and well too. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, and also for us, Metal and High Yields, <laughs> subscribe <laughs> us and you can listen um, to our podcast on Spotify and Stitcher and yeah, also iTunes or wherever you would like to listen to a podcast. And um, yeah, you can find the show notes for this episode on metal-highheels.com slash podcast. What is it? Seven, nine? 78. 78. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, thank you so much to Cassandra Novell for our awesome jingle. That's from her song, uh, from the song Storm by her band Mercy Isle. And thanks everybody so much for listening. Heidi, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for this interview. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was so you. nice to catch up with you. It, it's been too long, actually. We should do this more often. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's. <laughs> perfect yeah um and so uh we'll see you next time or hear you next time thank you so much everybody yeah. thank you thank you bye 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 bye